0: When Cody and I decided to move to the country, we kind of thought our coaching career was behind us. But it turns out that anytime we get really excited about something, we can't help but share it.
1: That's right. And not to brag, but we have a pretty awesome relationship. (laughs) (laughs) And what we found is that a lot of that's due to very intentional practices that we've come up with.
0: And now we're offering custom fitness, nutrition, and intimacy coaching for couples seeking transformation to reignite their spark.
1: Become a power couple by deepening your connection while elevating your fitness together.
0: Go to howtofittogether.com to book a call. That's howtofittogether.com.
1: Stop setting goals. Learn the Lyceum method to achieve more, stress less, and love all your life by Cody Limbaugh. This audiobook is being released as a weekly series on the Lyceum Network podcast. If you're new to the series, I recommend starting with episode two of the Lyceum Network. For your own copy of the Stop Setting Goals book, head over to Amazon.com and I'll put a link in the description. Thank you for listening. Now, Stop Setting Goals, the audiobook. It. There is no good or bad without us. There is only perception. There is the event itself and the story we tell ourselves about what it means. Ryan Holiday, The Obstacle is the Way The Timeless Art of Turning Trials into Triumph. When shit happens, we'll go to great lengths to save face. We not only want to look good to other people, we want to save face with ourselves. I think we sometimes try to hold on to confidence by explaining to ourselves how our troubles aren't our fault. We have a tendency to justify any unfavorable outcome by explaining all the reasons things didn't turn out well. There seems to be an unconscious fear that if we admit responsibility for our mistakes, we'll not only be subjected to rejection by others, but somehow we may grow to hate ourselves. The opposite is true. Every miserable, self-loathing person I've ever known is someone who talks as if life is happening to them, as though they are not an active player in the process. They speak as if they have no say in the matter of their own life. Embittered and angry, they blame the government, their parents, Their spouse or ex, kids, employer, customers, society, disease, God. The difficult part of trying to help this person is that they're right. All governments are violent and unjust. Parents are fallible. Kids are ungrateful. Our bodies are fragile. And there's not a damned thing we can do about it. Or is there? We may not be able to control many circumstances, but we can surely learn to control how we experience them. This goes far beyond any Pollyannish, positive mental attitude or look-on-the-bright-side rhetoric. There's a real mind shift that can occur in order to change how you experience, respond to, and take advantage of any so-called negative experiences. Telling you to have a positive attitude doesn't do shit this stuff takes practice. But that's the good news. There are concrete steps you can take to improve your outcomes. I'll be sharing some strategies for this in part three, but it's imperative that you begin to explore the idea that you are a contributor to your own life and how it's experienced. Helen Keller, Viktor Frankl, Stephen Hawking. These iconic people didn't only rise to significance in spite of their physical obstacles, but perhaps because of them. They took ownership of their own lives and how they responded to the circumstances that, for most of us, would have seemed impossible to overcome. As one brief example, Stephen Hawking suffered from ALS, an incurable and debilitating disease that took his ability to control his own body resulting in almost complete paralysis, even taking away his ability to speak. In his book, A Brief History of Time, he described how his disability would cause him to have long stretches of time where he wasn't able to do anything but think. Even getting into bed was a long, tedious process which required his wife to put in a lot of work, but he was a more passive observer. Most of us can't imagine the physical pain and emotional suffering that such a debilitating disease would inflict upon its victim. But these otherwise frustrating times of helplessness were the opportunities he took to go deep into thought. They afforded him the headspace to come up with ideas that have shaped our fundamental understanding of our universe. Admitting your responsibility is not enough. He that is good for making excuses is seldom good for anything else. Benjamin Franklin I've even fallen into the trap of thinking I was taking responsibility by blaming myself for my problems. But in a strange way, this can still be a tactic of avoidance. I would blame my past self for being mired down in my present problems. Again, there are truths here. My past self is very much responsible for my present circumstances. But this is very important. My past self can't do anything about it now. To blame your past self for past mistakes and then fail to apply the lessons to your present self is equivalent to apologizing for bad behavior and then continuing to demonstrate the same bad behavior. When you acknowledge your own shortcomings but fail to take action and learn from them, you're being insincere. You're using your past self as an excuse and pretending to take responsibility. You're lying, mostly to yourself. This is a dangerous thing to do. This form of dishonesty erodes your confidence and spirals around to further depths of victimhood. This is how some people take on the identity of being a victim, perhaps even a lost cause. I choose to believe there is always hope for anyone, but I've seen this insidious cycle at work in my own life and in others. I have people I love who seem to be trapped to the point of despair. So. I refuse to go there. Rationalization is a process of not perceiving reality, but of attempting to make reality fit one's emotions. Ayn Rand. Philosophy. Who needs it? Being analytical isn't a problem. There can be a lot of value in examining the path that brought us to where we are. The trap occurs when we take these reasons and project them onto our current trajectory. There may be value in saying, I failed in the past because of this or that. But it's destructive to say, I'm currently failing because of my past. The difference is in your motive. If you're looking for justification, you're not just wasting your time, you're actually perpetuating more misery. But with the same analysis, you can search for ways to improve and change course. Going into the past with a sense of curiosity to learn what you can do differently right now in this moment can be a leveraging tool to avoid hitting the same potholes strewn in your path. Acknowledging your current limitations doesn't have to be a stumbling block either. It's fair to assess what you have to overcome. But it's only fair to yourself if you're also willing to explore your opportunities, strengths, creativity, and unique perspectives. Look at your circumstances as a curious third-party observer. When you've been dealt a shitty hand, you can cultivate the habit of looking for the advantage. Your circumstances in life may not be your fault, but they sure as hell are your responsibility. The only way to fully take control of your life is to own it, in the here and now. What am I doing today that is steering my life? This is called an internal locus of control. It's a way of thinking that has to take root at your very core. When we are told to look on the bright side, it can be a very shallow approach. Developing a core belief takes consistent practice and awareness. You do this now, you do this daily. I'll explain how in part three. Commentary. In case that part was a little confusing, I just want to reiterate some of the excuses that I've made and that I've seen other people make in their lives where they seem to be taking responsibility for themselves by explaining the mistakes that they've made that have put them in the current situation that they're in. But oftentimes, I found myself and others that I've tried to help using those past mistakes as such a reason for where they are with sort of an attitude of hopelessness. Like, well, I made this mistake. I did these things. I procrastinated. I did this. I didn't do that. And that's why I am where I am. And it just sucks. You know, there's like, there's not really... They're still not taking ownership for it because they're using their past mistakes as all the reasons why they're just stuck where they are. And I think the only way that you're ever really stuck is if you're not willing to stand up and say, well, okay, what can I do now so that next year at this time, I'm not in this situation. (laughs) And so what I'm trying to get across in this part of the book is just to really take ownership of your circumstances, even if they're not your fault, or even if they were your fault and you've put yourself in a disadvantage, you still have the power to take yourself out of it. You know, sometimes we look at past experiences as a projection of what our future might be like. And that's not always the case. Life can be dramatically different from one moment to the next. So, If we're looking at our past, our past mistakes, our past habits, or even things that we've been doing right up until the present moment that we don't really like about ourselves, that does not mean that you can't change right now and begin to develop different practices or different belief systems around something that you want to change. So just take note of that. I'm going to be sharing some practices with you in part three that kind of make this uh, almost like an autopilot situation. You don't have to beat yourself up. You don't have to work all that hard to change this mindset, but it does take some daily practice, uh, which I'm looking forward to showing you in part three, which is right around the corner, just a few more readings. And we'll be finally to the, the meat of this book in what I have to share with you as far as the Lyceum method. Thanks for listening. I appreciate you being here. To get your own copy of this book, or to simply leave a review for it, follow the Amazon affiliate link in the description. All of the assignment episodes will include the assignment in the description and show notes, so you can easily find them when you have time to take action. The only way to benefit from this book is to take action on the assignments, take action on your vision, and live all your life.
0: When Cody and I decided to move to the country, we kind of thought our coaching career was behind us. But it turns out that anytime we get really excited about something, we can't help but share it.
1: That's right. And not to brag, but we have a pretty awesome relationship. (laughs) (laughs) And what we found is that a lot of that's due to very intentional practices that we've come up with.
0: And now we're offering custom fitness, nutrition, and intimacy coaching for couples seeking transformation to reignite their spark.
1: Become a power couple by deepening your connection while elevating your fitness together.
0: Go to howtofittogether.com to book a call. That's howtofittogether.com.